0: It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Each week, we take you inside all the big sports stories at USF from the perspective of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp.
1: From another somewhat exotic location, we'll be talking to Michael Kelly today and getting you set for some cool stuff happening later on in the week. But, of course, we're going to talk about what happened just a few days ago in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, Michael, will explain to people why more in detail, but where are we emanating from? Where are you emanating from today?
0: Well... Indianapolis has been called a lot of things, but you called it an exotic location, <laughs> I, I, I claim it's a great city, awesome downtown. <laughs> exotic hasn't really turned on the on the list there, but it's a now nah, here this week for a uh, good purpose. Uh, I'm on the uh, what's called the uh, competition oversight committee, which is the NCAA committee that a uh, standing committee that, in essence, operates all the NCAA championships with the exception of their basketball and the uh, FCS football championships. So that's, I guess, about 95 of them. <laughs> and uh, then that leads into D1 council meetings that we have tomorrow and Wednesday where uh, uh, they meet quarterly and, and I still sit on that D1 council and proud to do so. Uh, so we'll have a lot of the major topic of the of the week is a lot to do with maybe adjusting the length of time for the transfer windows. So right now, you have 60 days for someone to enter the portal. There's Different legislation on there to maybe make it 30 days, maybe make it 45 days, so we'll just kind of have to uh, find the right balancing act there, and then there's uh, a lot more discussion about the gambling that we've talked about before, and then, uh, of course, the uh, evergreen topic of NIL, which we'll uh, obviously have a lot of discussions about as we look to put forth some legislation uh, that will probably take effect in January when we have our NCA convention in January.
1: You sure that's uh, you can cover all that in what two or three days? It sounds like it's going to be yeah, uh, busy, a, busy, it's busy. A
0: um, it's a really interesting meeting. I, I really enjoy this. You know, it's very much. Uh, it's a great. It's a good process. You've got representation from every conference. Uh, you know, so all thirty-two conferences are there. I just happen to serve as the one for the American, and uh, it's a very you know a very procedural process, but one that goes through a lot of different committees before it comes to the council, and then once it gets passed by the council, it goes up to. Uh, ultimately the, the board of directors of the NCAA that kind of ratifies everything. So it's uh, very much like our federal government and the national, uh, you know, a uh, uh, governed process to, uh, to ultimately do- deliver. So it's, uh, it's uh, proud to do it and excited to be here in Indianapolis.
1: And then just one thing, because I've heard, you know, the competition and oversight committee, and I think I kind of know, so now that you're part of it here, is that basically involving a lot involving rules and, and, and just rules of the actual athletic competitions on the courts, on the fields?
0: Yeah, great question. That that deals, uh, there, there is a, a whole different operation for what's called playing rules. There's a whole playing rules committee that uh, goes through all the different sports. And, uh, and in our case, we we, we gear more towards uh, all the, the championship aspects. So how many teams are in a field? Who are the automatic qualifiers? What are the different adjustments to the various championships that each of the sport committees want to make? And it comes up to the championship oversight committee, which then allows the uh, allows us to evaluate uh, you know from a fairness standpoint what's what, what's happening ov- overall uh and w- with you know that's one thing i think the NSA does extremely well is uh is run championships and that's the ultimate focus of the, of the national office is to provide a f- fair playing field and to, to be able to, r- to run championship events and and uh and so that's what we want to make sure that we have the best uh, situation possible for for our league to have automatic qualification and ultimately to have a great championship experience when our teams qualify for the various NCAA championships.
1: But alas, you did say it's not with men's basketball. So my whole idea of um, pitching a field of 80 with 12 play-in spots, I can't just have you pass them a note. That's for maybe a different day, darn it.
0: <sighs> well, interestingly, I know you know there is a whole committee dedicated to basketball oversight and, and certainly to football as well. Um, but, again, part of what happened in, in the transformation committee rec- in recent years when we tried to – uh, make things more modernized. It did. Uh, uh, there was a case where we're trying to c- continue to expand all uh, championships to the point where at least they're 20, uh, 20 to 25% of the number of schools that sponsor that particular sport. So that concept, uh, which would probably bring, wouldn't bring very dramatic increases in many sports, but it would in like baseball and it would in right. obviously basketball, as you mentioned it, it could very well bring it up to, uh, you know, 80 88 teams something like that which on the surface sounds like maybe it's a little bit too much but when you think there's 350 schools at play right uh, division 1 basketball um you know making the top 88 does it still seems like quite an accomplishment and and so there will be more discussion about that in the weeks to come as well so uh, so, I, actually, so your, your proposal does kind of uh, have merit there because it's, nice. it's, it's, it's something that uh, that I think, when you look at fairness over all the sports, is something to be considered.
1: It's definitely yeah, something near and dear to my heart. And for people that do think it's too many, it's actually by percentage less than what baseball and NFL did, which is two. But let's move on. Now, speaking of good math. <laughs> Another win atop the American Athletic Conference as far as football goes. And, of course, that's you know sort of big-picture type stuff. Let's narrow it down. It's great to be 2-0 in the American, obviously, but let's narrow it down for this show to what actually happened on the field and before the game in Annapolis. I know we had spoken about your father in the Navy and just how going up there is a different feel. The weather, from what I understand, very jealous. Couldn't have been better. I mean, before we get to what happened on the field, it must have been very special.
0: Yeah, it was a great weekend for Bulls Nation all, all, all around. I mean, we had over 350 fans that attended a pregame tailgate party. I wow. think of more than 500 that attended the game itself. Uh, saw uh, fans walking around the, the uh, streets of Baltimore and Annapolis. So there were a lot of Bulls fans all, all over the place. Um, we took a There was a group of about 20 or 30 of us that took a tour of the Naval Academy on Saturday morning before we went over to the tailgate party beforehand. So that was really, really cool. Uh, on Friday, uh, thanks to the great hospitality of Chet Gladchuk and his wife Kat, uh, Kate, who uh, uh, at the Naval Academy, they uh, uh, invited me to the uh, parade, that, the dress parade that they have every Friday afternoon there. So that was a lot of pageantry, and uh, very great to see our, 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 the entire uh, brigade of midshipmen, uh, you know, perform at that, at that on Friday afternoon, and, and then was able to go to a dinner with uh, many. Uh, of the Naval Academy's top top brass, that was just very kind of them to to, to invite me to the to that dinner. But uh, wow. ultimately, the, the spirit of the day was leading up it was so encouraging to see so many Bulls fans at Navy-Marine Corps Stadium and cheering on our Bulls to what ultimately, as you said, became a very important day—a uh, chance to go on the road in conference and and come away with a victory uh, and to let, like you said, stay atop the uh, stay atop the conference standings of two and zero. Oh, so six more to go.
1: <laughs> That's it. And now everything looks a little bit more doable. It's just fantastic. You mentioned all the people. You know, uh, from where we do the road broadcast from, we meaning myself and Jim Lighthall, uh, we were actually in a studio at Amelie Arena, which is actually very cool to be there on the same day that the Lightning are playing, sneak some hockey in the background. But um, we, we don't see it in sync with TV. We hear the call of Jim and Sam about 15 seconds before the video, which is fine. But in this case, they were probably seven or eight times when a play happened and the crowd reacted like it was a Navy play. And after about the second one, I'm like, wait a second, I think that's us doing something good because that's how loud the fans were. And that that can make a difference. I know that Birmingham's not exactly a short drive, but there's building support and it's good to be a part of.
0: Yeah, I hope we continue to see good good crowds there. Well, you can see at least a whole section over there. And we had, I guess, two or three sections that were really full of green and gold shirts and you know the guys feel that they come out of that tunnel they see their yeah. families so they see their supporters that are there for them and it was really really encouraging so you definitely heard some chants of usf at different times of the, of the day and hearing the fight song after touchdown so it was really really special
1: i don't know if there's any real decorum for this it's something that i'm just floating out to you right now there, i know that the football uh social media account does a good job of putting out what the uniform combination is going to be because this week it's going to be two green and gold teams, and I think that if you're going, if you're a Bulls fan, you kind of got to pick the color that we're wearing. And I got. That's a good point. In all seriousness, uh, I, I've noticed that more gold is coming into things. Is is that intentional? I mean, I love it, by the way. Whether or not it is.
0: You know, coach. Uh, coach kind of mapped out a lot of concepts before the year. He likes a good, uh, as do I, a good traditional. Uh, uh, look to it and try to establish traditions, you know, as much as you can. And and uh, and he really works with his leadership uh, council amongst the players that uh, that really kind of help, uh, you know, help make that plan. So they uh, and they can always adjust as they as they feel they need to. But uh, they do a great job of that. And then we have such a gifted uh, graphic staff that create uh, good ways to display yes. it and graphics to pump up the game all week that have been really well received throughout the year. So we're we're very grateful for our overall creative team uh, at USF Athletics, both on the what we provide graphically for all sports, but also obviously for football in particular. Well, as a public service
1: on Bulls Unlimited, you guys can trust me. When and if I see uh, UAB put out their color scheme, we'll make sure that everyone knows what to wear because normally I just say wear green, but uh, maybe not necessarily this Saturday. And, oh, yes, it's going to be 4 o'clock. And, again, a linear television designation with the ESPN2. Same thing the following week. And I think the Bulls are getting a little national attention. What say you on that?
0: <laughs> no, that's exactly right. When you have various, when the ESPN only has certain windows to provide a conference, and when they have a chance to someone, uh, they look for storylines. And and right now we're a storyline. It's it's great to see, uh, um, you know, us us get the first two games in the conference season, a new coach, uh, and we've won what what you're going to lead into now. I hope is the fact that we've got three straight weeks where we've had the player of the week on either the offensive or defensive side of the ball. And uh, that has never happened according to our, our uh, communication staff, which is really, really encouraging about the talent we have and the way that different people are stepping up at different times. Let's see
1: player of the week would be Jamel Logan. And he had the, the big bulls just needed to get a turnover. And I, I I wasn't asking for enough because what they got was great. The uh, full 70 yard scoop and score. That must've been a moment. Uh, again, when we're listening to it on the radio and watching it back on TV a few seconds later, it's one thing. But to be there, uh, how how crazy did the crowd go? And, of course, Trammell also made four tackles and was a big contributor on that defensive line.
0: Oh, yeah, it was just a pivotal play, and it was unusual to see the ball kind of squirt out of there. And he saw it before anybody, obviously, and just seemed like it was just meant to be. Went right, right, right to him, and he, uh, he took off. And certainly in his postgame comments talked about he was – I dreamed a long time about scoring a touchdown, and huh. I was glad to see it come at the right time.
1: One other thing about that, uh, and again, helps probably the Navy was on offense. Uh, even our crowd was making noise, but can only make so much. He said he actually heard the you know, the sideline yell ball, and uh, he didn't instantly see it. But right when you hear that, I mean, it was, it was that fast and great to see. Uh, so speaking of players of the week, and we got to mention volleyball, while we're on the topic of teams that are in first place, might as well just stick with that theme. It's great yeah, to do, do that. <laughs> Bruce A. Hazan named the Offensive Player of the Week as they took both matches uh, Friday and Saturday, swept UAB, and now 4-1 and one in the American Athletic Conference, 10-6 and six overall. And they're doing it with, right now, four regulars out of the lineup. I know that Reagan Kynard came back Uh, in limited action Friday and return more on Saturday. But to do what they're they're doing uh, has been fantastic to watch.
0: Yeah, it's really exciting, and and you're right. Uh, I don't know if everyone realizes just how uh, depleted we've been with some injuries, but it's been great to see some uh, true freshmen step up, some folks that haven't got as much time in their past uh, step up, and everybody on that team has improved, and obviously their whole team dynamic's in a great place right now. So credit to Coach Shepherdson and her staff, and to the players for just kind of unifying and getting, uh, gaining confidence, getting behind each other. I think you and I talked in the offseason how there was a lot of matches last year. We might just come up a little short in that fifth set. And and this year, we're we're, we're finding a moment to turn around either, either earlier in the set or finding ways to, to win big matches and and. Really excited for them and hope we can keep uh, performing well there in the Eastern Division. It'd be nice to come up with a division title if we possibly can. And
1: right now, they're a, a game up on East Carolina. Of course, they'll play them, too, down the road. This weekend, heading out west to play a couple teams from the, frankly, tougher division. If you look at rankings, UTSA and Wichita State. So keep an eye on the Bulls this weekend for certain when it comes to that. We are a ways away, actually, probably shouldn't say that, I'll be here before you know it. It's early in November when basketball season begins, and I got to go to a couple, not the first practice for Jose Fernandez's women's team, but three days in, and then watch the first practice of Amir Abdurahim's team. And it's just funny because the, you kind of notice it every year when you watch the women, he brings in at least a few new players from Europe, and you can tell sometimes when players are just un- uncertain <laughs> they don't have that this year this is a confident group and jose usually doesn't make any comments to me on the first day but without saying exactly what he said he's feeling pretty good about this group
0: yeah he told me the same thing which makes me feel good he uh <laughs> he likes his squad he has good reason too we've got some returners we've got some great new talent and and it's uh great to see them uh in, in good form already Yeah, you know, their their challenge has only been since so many of our players played somewhere over the summer and yeah. their different national teams or something else that they haven't had as a ton of time to play together, but that's what this month's all about to get ready for November. So uh, they'll, they'll be, uh, they'll be eager and ready to do that. And then, as you said, going across the hall there to the men's gym and and seeing the, uh, I was just impressed with the speed and the athleticism and the, uh, and just the competitiveness of, of everyone on that roster kind of going after, you know, they're, they're fighting to make a, a statement to their coach and, and make a claim for playing time. And it's it's truly open in that case for sure. So it's it's nice to see that type of uh, that type of uh, grit going on out there.
1: Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> definitely going to have the mentality of their coach. I love the way he ran it. And I'll just – if you guys – it's a brand-new team, so you're going to be learning a lot of new players. But just from observing body language and leadership type of stuff – The Brandon Stroud kid (laughs) is one of the three that came from Kennesaw State, and I think he's going to be a fan favorite for a lot of reasons, a really good group that they have. But, again, that's a ways off. As we start to wrap it up here on Bull Speed Ahead, this is a busy week for a couple of fronts. First of all, as part of the Powerful Minds campaign, which is something that the American Athletic Conference is great with, this is actually Mental Health Awareness Week for the fall semester. We're in the middle of that, so I'm sure a lot of activity around that going on at the campus.
0: Yeah, I hope everyone will kind of take a look at our our various social media platforms, uh, certainly the ones that are related to SAC and different groups. But, uh, you know, it's always a consistent theme for our SAC group, as we've talked about on this podcast before. So it's so important for our student athletes that they make mental health. and. Mental Health Awareness, a a major initiative for them each and every year, and in this week's case uh, on the Powerful Minds concept, they've joined with all their brothers and sisters throughout the American Athletic Conference to kind of bring this initiative to life, so great to see that uh, everyone's bonding around this important topic and trying to make sure everyone is uh, strong and healthy as they possibly can be to, uh, to reach their fullest potential, so. Be on the, be on the lookout for that important initiative for our for our young people.
1: Another initiative, and it is actually Green Sports Day on Friday, which makes it sound like it's a you know
0: South Florida Bulls thing.
1: <laughs> it it fits us great, but it's a it's a national alliance. Tell us more about that.
0: Yeah, it does fit us great, and and uh, you know there's an, an association called the Green Sports Alliance that probably established itself over a decade ago that uh, really works with stadiums and pro teams and and colleges that are so inclined to join it that. Uh, uh really find ways to help at at events to to promote sustainability to find uh either operational ways for using facilities or in construction or beyond to to make things uh uh sustainable and environmentally friendly as possible so it's great that this uh upcoming friday happens to be what's called green sports day uh all those you know everyone certainly is welcome to take part in it. but it'll be a great way to learn just different ways that uh Uh, we can do that at at, at major events like that and 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 we certainly with recycling efforts in conjunction with our campus uh, different uh, PSAs and different things that we can do and then obviously even as we start moving ahead with ultimately the construction of our stadium there's different ways that you can build any construction project to be as uh, again environmentally friendly as possible kind of what they call LEED certification and that sort of thing so we're excited about it. We're, we're, we're proud sponsors of the, of the Green Sports Alliance. I, I came into contact with them uh, back when I was at the CFP and, uh, and that kind of helped us when we went to different events to how can you have a carbon neutral uh, event, if you will. And uh, that could be anything from practices of, of, of great things at the events or planting trees in the community or whatever it took uh, to kind of find that, uh, that opportunity. And it, it all starts with education. And the more you learn, the more you can kind of find ways to do good things for your community and for our environment.
1: And I'm looking at their website, greensportsalliance.org slash greensportsday if you want to learn more. On it, it's great. It shows what a ton of professional and college organizations are doing for the day, but what they do in general. I mean, we see NFL teams, NBA teams. I even see the International Dart Federation is big into it. So uh, a lot of folks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know.
0: I'm Everyone lear- can get into <laughs> I'm it. Yeah, it. I'm learning a lot.
1: I'm learning a lot. And we're telling everybody about the game this week, being on national television and, of course, on the radio side on Bulls Unlimited. Uh, 4 o'clock kickoff, 2.30 pregame on the radio. The following week, we now know the kickoff. Again, kind of that national biggest part of the day, really. The noon kicks, get you ready. Yeah, there's always good stuff at night, but 3.30 feels like the time slot. And not just that, but it's the homecoming time slot. So uh, we can talk more about it next week, but in general, we want to get people fired up for homecoming, right?
0: Yeah, now that we've been on the road a couple of weeks, we won't, and, and this is the only home game we play in October, so uh, let's get your tickets today, folks. Our team's playing hard. We're in a good position in the standings. We want to keep keep that going. And uh, again, with your time out, when it's homecoming, we got a 3.30 slot, and to your point earlier, it's on ESPN2, so you had another national television linear your appearance. So lots of positive things, but uh, let's get your tickets and call one 800 go Bulls.
1: Pretty safe to say you can wear green. For that one michael i see you wearing green well people are listening but trust me he is wearing green from indianapolis thanks for joining us actually late on a monday night for this tuesday new bull speed ahead appreciate it
0: always a pleasure and go bulls